Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. See there, that's exciting, isn't it? We are who He says we are. Let me ask you, have you, have you gotten to that point yet, honestly? Are you free enough in Christ yet? Your walk is where it ought to be to the point to where it doesn't matter what the world says about you, you know who you are in Christ. Can you say that? Because here's the deal. In this world, it wants to eat you up. This world wants to tear you up. The devil don't like you. The world don't like you. God's got a plan for you. God knows exactly what He's doing in your life. And guys, we have just got to straight up buy into it and believe the fact that God knows what He's doing. And that He is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. If you're a child of His, if you are His son or he, your, His daughter, then right now, He loves you. Scripture says you're the apple of His eye. Sometimes we don't feel like being the apple of His eye. Sometimes we don't feel good at all. Sometimes we feel low. We get beat up. We carry baggage. We carry all of that stuff. That's just... Uh, an attack that's just a, a tactic the enemy uses to keep us from being everything the Father in heaven desires for us, his children, to be. God wants much out of us. God wants so much out of us. Go with me this morning. We're going to bounce around just really two places, but this morning I, it connects all to this. Look over in First uh, Samuel chapter 16. You know, the world looks at the outside. You hear that? The world looks at the outside. God looks at the inside. The world looks at what you've done and who you are and your past. And the world looks at everything outwardly. God does not do that. I want you to hear that this morning. It doesn't matter what people are saying about you. It doesn't matter what, what people have seen in the past about you. If you've come to the point in life that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and there is a calm assurance and there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that you are His, it don't matter what nobody thinks. And guys, that's what we got to do. That's where we got to be. The world looks at the outside. But we got a message that's different. we got a heart that is different. There's something that makes us tick that's different. We're not better than, we're just different. We're not better than, we're just forgiven. We're not better, we still mess up, we still fall short. Over in 1 Samuel chapter 16, they had to go find a new king. Here we're looking for a new king. And what does most people look at? They look at what's on the outside. Here, chapter 16, let's just read the whole section, bring you up to speed, exactly what's going in. Yes, I get it, preacher, you are just dropping in to a spot in the Old Testament. I know that, but the point is made right here. Now the Lord said to Samuel, verse 1, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I rejected him from being king over Israel? That's the context, that's where we are. They don't need to know much more than that. Saul's been rejected. Saul's leadership failed. He is done. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. 
You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? And he said, In peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them into the sacrifice. That's the context. That's where we are. That's the full story. That's what gets us to this place. And guys, it's the very next verse that we get caught up on, caught up in, in life. We look at the outside. We look at the past. We look at, the, we look at all those things. Look at verse 6. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord is anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Listen, church. Hey, somebody in this very room needs to hear that this morning. Because you got a past. You don't look at... You, may, you, don't, you don't have the credentials. You don't... You don't have what the world may think. But the Holy Spirit of God is moving inside of you. And you're just sitting there like shaking. Knowing that what God is calling you to do. And you're thinking, what are they going to think? But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his height or his stature. Because I have rejected him. For God sees, listen church, for God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Y'all let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now as humbly as we know how. God, you knowing our heart, you knowing who we are and whose we are. God, we belong to you. God, you see our heart, our desire to, to serve you, our desire to live for you, our desire to want to walk in obedience to you. And Lord, Lord God, it, it, some of us in this room with, with maybe past, some of us in this room just don't look the part, just don't, just what are they going to say, what are they going to think. And Lord God, all the while your spirit is telling, your spirit is leading, your spirit is nudging. You see what you're doing inside of us. God, I pray that this morning some folks in this room, some people in this room can be truly released to go be your son or your daughter. God in heaven, do that, please. Please. In Jesus' name, amen. And here's the thing, y'all. I pray that prayer, and nothing magical is going to happen to you. Nothing magical is going to happen. It's not like you're going to walk out those doors and, and you're going to have a brand new car sitting out there waiting on you. You're not. You're, just going, you're going to go to your same old car. It's not like you're going to wake up and, and tomorrow, tomorrow's Labor Day, but it's not like you're going to wake up Tuesday and go to some brand new, majestic, wonderful job to where they just walk in and they roll the red carpet out and they're like, and you hear this, angelic voices when you walk into the room and they're like none of that's going to happen you're just going to go back out the world you're just going to go back to life see it don't happen on the outside it happens on the inside that's that's the thing 
is, is inside, we, we think for some reason that, that everything is supposed to just line up. Everything just supposed to be a certain way. and People's attitude about us are going to change and, and, and people are going to look at us different and people are going to think about us different. Listen, people aren't hearing what we're talking about in here this morning. No, but you are. You're a child of the King. You're who He says you are. Not who they say you are. You see? It's a, clip, it's a light switch. That's got to go off. Wait a second. You mean, I, you mean I'm not controlled by them? No. You mean I don't, have to, I don't have to be the little person that they think I am? No. You be who God saved you to be. Okay, You go be that person that God wants you to be. Think about it. I was thinking about all through Scripture, and I'm not going to take you to all the people that God used in Scripture. I'm not going to take Abraham more than likely was a sun and moon worshiper just because of the land he came from, the group of people that he came from, and God used him in a mighty, mighty way. Matthew was a tax collector, and God called him from his tax collecting desk and said, Come follow me. Fishermen, lots of common everyday run-of-the-mill fishermen, just fishermen. Paul, the disciples were scared to death of him after his conversion. They said, isn't he the same one that was torturing us? He was killing Christians. He was, he was having them rounded up and he was putting them into prison and, and okaying, holding even the, our coats as we stoned one of their very own. But when the, here's the deal, when the switch goes off, wait a second. There's more to this thing than just, just this Sunday morning act. There, there's more to this relationship, this, this walk with the Lord that I have. This, this, hey, He made me His very own. He brought me into the family. There's more to it. Then what I'm allowing to happen. Guys, we've bought into all the lies that everything around us and outside of us. And we bought into the lie. There's so many different lies that, hey, preachers are supposed to do that preacher stuff. Religious stuff is done by religious people. They're paid. I mean, you paid to full time throughout the week. We pay you a money to full-time throughout the week go around and to be the religiosity of society. And, and it, the only time a religious thought happens is when you walk in the door. <laughs> no. That's your job. That's it. You're not going to repackage it. You're not going to wow us with anything. You're not going to sit there and, and pull a rabbit out. And you're not going to dance around and, and motivate me to go be who God saved me to be. No, I, I can't. I've been trying for almost two years now. And you're still sitting there. You're, you're looking at me like deer in headlights. Some of you are kind of sleepy. Some of you are asleep. Some of you straight out checked. Some of you have straight up checked out already. You're just there. You're like, wow, he wants me to go really do this. I can't flip nobody's switch. I can't flip nobody's switch. I, I can take you to place and after place after place to where God used everyday run-of-the-mill Joes and God 
transformed the world with a group of regular old men. John the Baptist, Jesus himself said, what did you go out looking for? What were you expecting to find? I tell you what you found. There ain't a person born born of woman greater than John the Baptist. And he was saying, repent, repent. Look over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll go back to chapter 1. I'll read it to you. I'll, I'll read this. Guys, look, the world. You want to see revival happen in Northport, Tuscaloosa, Northside, Sipsy? Pick, pick an area. You want to see revival happen? You go be exactly who you're supposed to be right there where God has you planted. Period. And you do it exact, immediately when you walk into the place the next time you go in there. Yeah, but they're going to look at me strange and think I'm strange and think I'm different and call me out. And I may lose my job. Let me say something to you. If you lose your job for shining and making much of King Jesus, don't you think the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills will take care of you? We ain't scared of nobody. Did you hear that? We ain't scared of nobody. Who controls us? Christ controls us. Paul says, look at, look at chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. This is what he said when he came. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Church, we have but one message. It's not touchy-feely, it's not warm and fuzzy, it's not, hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, it's not, hey, you're doing good, we love you in the middle of your sin. No, sin is sin, sin is wrong. God's not pleased with it. We don't agree with it. We love you, but we don't like what you're doing. But that's not the, that's not the pedestal we want to stand on. We want to stand on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Is it more important to get people to do what we think they ought to be doing or make sure they know Christ as Lord and Savior? My thing is let Christ clean people up, not us. We don't, we're not in the cleaning people up business. We're in the introducing them to Christ business and let Him do the work in their life business. That's what we do. That's what Paul says. I didn't come with superiority of speech. I didn't come trying to razzle and dazzle you. I simply came preaching Christ and Him crucified. That's all I got for you. That's all we have for them. When we go out this room and you go back to your school or your uh, wherever you're at, your sc- a lot of teachers here, a lot of nurses here, a lot of workers here, a lot of, a lot of people here, a lot of students here. When you go back to that place, stop. The Bible clearly says we don't light a, light a candle and put it under a basket. No, we hold that sucker up. Church, we got to hold up Christ. We're not wanting to be seen. We want Christ to be seen. And that is a switch that's got to go off in the heart of every one of you believers. Because there's lost people all around you. And us preacher folks don't go where you go. It ain't one of them things to where you say, Oh, well, I need you to talk to somebody. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, why are you waiting on one of us to show up when you got everything you need? Yeah, but I may say the wrong thing. If you tell them the, if you tell them the, if you tell them you 
need to be baptized to go to heaven, or you need to join the church, and you need to get your life straight, and, and you need to, if you tell them any other way to get to the Father except through the Son, you're going to mess them up. But I don't think you're going to do that. We don't come with nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Look at the next verse. It says, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words or of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith, listen, we don't want people resting on us, we want people resting on Christ. We don't want to draw people to us, we want to point people to Him. Guys, our role is not complicated. Our responsibility is not hard. It's just point them to Christ. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. We don't want people following us. We want people following King Jesus. It's just how can I point others to Christ? Yeah, but God can't use me because I've got a past. God can't use me because I'm messed up. God can't use me because I don't have a degree. God can't use me because here I am, I'm around a whole bunch of common folks that they won't, they're going to look at me and they're going to think I'm weird if I stand up and say, hey, y'all, I don't think we ought to act this way or be this way. And they're like, why? Because Jesus would not be pleased with it. <gasps> you can't say that. Look back, verse 26 of chapter 1. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Listen, God has chosen the weak. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and to despise. God has chosen the things that are not so that He may nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before God. But by His doing you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. What are you boasting in? I was thinking every one of our teams won. County High won, Northside won, Sipsy won, Alabama won. Them Tigers won. That's Auburn for some of you. There is another team in this state. Most of us will go back and talk about a high school football team or a college football team more this week than we'll talk about Jesus. We'll probably never get the conversation to ask him, but Nick Saban, would you save me? He ain't saving nobody, but Jesus will. Guys, who is our life? What is our life pointing people toward? Who are you in the pew pointing people toward? Don't matter who you were, God saved you and you're still here today. 
don't matter what you've done. It don't matter your past. It don't matter. Here's the deal. Somebody, well, I don't really. And, and it's a silliness sickness that bothers me. I don't really understand it. I need to know more. I need to go a little deeper. I need to, I need to understand it just a little bit better before I feel confident. But you want heaven, right? Oh, yeah, I want heaven. You want, you want you, Jesus is Savior. Oh, yes, He's my Lord. If you died, you know where you're spending eternity. Oh, yes, I'm going to heaven. I want all that, but I don't want to talk about it now. Guys, I don't go where you go. I wish I could. I'd come to every single... I give you the invitation to invite me to every one of your Christmas parties and birthday parties and fellowship parties and just say, look, preacher's coming and he's going to preach the gospel. I'd love it, wouldn't I? I would just straight up love it. <laughs> invite me to your... Go to your boss and say, look, I can't do it, but my preacher wants to come this Christmas or this Thanksgiving and he just wants to come up in here and share the gospel with every single person in this building. Oh, he can't do that. I'm willing. I'm willing, y'all. Listen, I, I wish I knew what y'all were thinking right now. I wish I knew. Because some of you are thinking, man, how could we? Oh, well, could we make that happen? Well, I don't know if I can make that happen. Hold on, I don't. I got y'all in a quandary right now. But here's the deal: you're already there. You're already. I'll come to every one of your classes, have a party at your house, and let me come talk. But you're already there. Put me in front of Bryant Denny, Jordan Hare. Fill up Sipsy, fill up Northside, fill up all them stadiums, and I'm there. But you're already there. See what, my, see what I'm saying? You're already there. But some of his minds are racing. Hold on, how can I get this preacher to come speak? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. But you're there. 